Hi, hey there, hello. Welcome to Super Cast Brothers. This is an individual who is not Lister, and the other guy is an individual who is not Jono. These are both true facts. But you know yes, what else are. this individual is? No. I don't know either. I, 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 I was trying to think of something real quick, and then I had nothing. I just had nothing. <laughs> so that was a failure from me. But hi. Uh, yeah, Super Cast Bros is here once more. We're uh, hot off of our first live Q&A. There will probably be more, but uh, that's not today. No, it's not today. Instead, we're just recording an episode, which, although it's not live, we're still recording it live between ourselves, so that's how you get some lovely slip-ups like that, because there's pretty much zero preparation that goes into opening an episode. I mean, Fun that's facts. not necessarily true, but it's not necessarily untrue, either. <laughs> um, yeah, this is episode 21. We've been doing this for a long time at this rate. Almost, almost a year. Almost a year. We're coming up on it. Yeah. So there's some exciting times. We're wrapping up, I guess, what's effectively our first season with the first year being done. Pretty much. And from there, we're going to just kind of talk in between about how we're going to pursue this in the future. But I think we're both on the same page that there will be a future. So it's going to be exciting to see how that unfurls. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to have to find uh, – don't worry. I'm going to find some new jokes besides just Chucky and Azurda. So Thanks we're going to change it up a lot. Yep. The the uh, live Q&A turned out a lot smoother than I thought it was going to go, honestly. Yeah. So that was pleasant. Uh, we had several people send in questions ahead of time. We had several people present in the live chat, and a few of them shared questions, too. It was fun and generally easy. There were only a couple of technical hiccups at the beginning. But considering the technical hiccups I've seen from very large entities, it's just par for the course. Yeah. So it, it's hard to have things be perfect. In fact, you could say it's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. But for what it was, it went by very smoothly. Yeah. And good conversation, good opportunity to open up with some pals. Nice times. Uh, so there will be another one in the future, and we'll decide on that and then share the date when we decide on it. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, in the meantime, I believe we're here for another reason, which is a new Smash for Dash episode. Oh, it's time for that we're, again. Yeah, we're, huh. just, we're at the end of a cycle. We've done an on-topic with a guest, Mr. Eric. We've done a Smashtopia with a guest, Mr. Mike. And now we're doing a Smash for Dash with Oh, yeah, no guest. Oh. Uh, so, sorry, Tulix. We, we don't need you today. You can go back to your room. Yeah, guess I'll go back to my room. All right. Well, yeah, he can go back to the cave for now, but we'll use him another time. He lives on the second floor. Oh, so are you effectively in the cave? No, I just live on the first floor. There's no basement here. Okay. Well, maybe I live in the cave. Now that... That is a possibility that I would believe. <laughs> well, our uh, Smasher Dash lineups today are, uh, first up, we're going to be talking about two characters who are assist trophies in Smash, but also, or rather, one of them is no longer an assist trophy in Smash for some reason, but 
they both have been over the course of Smash's history. And they're both characters that have produced cult followings since around the Brawl era and also were introduced to American audiences properly when their games were released on the virtual console. And then for our next matchup, we're going to dive into two other Assist Trophy fan favorites that are better known characters, uh, strong, uh, you know, like female side characters to the story of two separate, very well-regarded franchises. What an amazing descriptor you have there. Yeah, that was a You could also mouthful. say that they're both uh, requested characters um, f- fairly heavily since the Brawl era. Tapered off a bit since then, but their names were pretty yeah. popular back then. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. you know your Smash Assist trophies, you probably know who we're talking about at this point, because there's not many options. It's, it's Knuckle Joe and Vince, what can I say? You know... Knuckle Joe and the Moon, rather. You, you, what? <laughs> I vote for Knuckle yeah. Joe. I vote for... Uh, we'll see when we get to that actual episode. For starters, it looks like we're going to be seeing Sin Punishment Saki Amamiya and the mystery, mysterious Murasami Castle's Takamaru Buttheads. That would hurt. Yes, it would. And it's a good thing that they're the ones actually fighting. We're only controlling them. Uh, I guess since Saki is the first in the lineup, maybe I should just go ahead and Maybe you should just, you know, talk about Saki there and not other things. (laughs) Okay, so Saki is a de facto slice and dicer, and you might think that that's a little unoriginal for Smash, but don't worry, his sword is, actually has a cannon in it as well. And oh, it's a beam sword. This is starting to sound like Astral Chain. Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Astral Chain took some of its aesthetic from the world of Sin, Sin and Punishment, because they're both kind of gritty sci-fi universes. Uh, Sin and Punishment is more mutants. Uh, Astral Chain is more demons, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, yeah. It... Alternate dimensional beings. Alternate dimensional Not alternate, beings. but like other, okay. other, like otherly, weird, weird shit. Mm-hmm. Weird shit from okay. other dimensions. Got it. Well, I guess Saki and the Astral Chain folks have something a little more in common too, because it's pretty much the same thing here. Where uh, in Sin and Punishment, uh, successor of the Earth on the Nintendo 64, uh, Saki's a member of a group of saviors called the Savior Group. <laughs> to say the least, that's pretty that's pretty nondescript. The, and, and they are going to... Their intent is... They're essentially anarchists fighting the power of a gov- against a government agency in, in a futuristic Japan. Um called the Armed Volunteers. That's the government agency. So they're an oppressive group that has essentially taken over Japan, um, and then somewhere along the way they're also fighting fighting the creatures called ruffians that are uh, species of mutants. And uh, still kind of a topical thing today, the ruffians were mutated by eating genetically modified food. So there's there's some there's some weird things going on. So with the 
with Dolph, with uh, with Saki's dolphin gun, he's able to attack from a long range distance, as well as from a short range because he has the beam sword attachment for melee, and he has a long range attachment for uh, shooting little miniature lasers and cannon fodder and the like from from his from his reticle, and he also has a like flame jets at his disposal through the cannon thing. It's interesting, and somewhere along the way. He also gets the power of the ruffians when he himself is transformed into one. So there's there's quite a bit to work with here, and essentially he's a he's a freedom fighter from a future time, and that's kind of sin and that's kind of him and sin. That's kind of him and sin and punishment, and uh, sin and punishment is an on rails shooter game presented in a 3D scope. It was pretty. Uh, damn impressive back during the 64 days to the point that they had to use the uh, 64DD attachment in order to process all of Sin and Punishment. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there's that. And there was also the successor, Star Successor, on the Wii in 2009 that maybe kind of came from Saki getting a bump from Representation in Brawl. Maybe. And there you go. Well, then. What about... How about Takamaru? So we go from a character from a, what you could call dystopian future of Japan, or authoritative right. future, you know, whatever whatever word you want to choose there. Let's take a trip back to the Edo period of Japan. Okay. You know, feudal lords, samurai, people oh, being yeah. saved, was... aliens. I was, what? yeah, I was just Wait, there hold up. Aliens? Yeah, uh, I, was, I was pretty surprised when I was reading up on uh, Takamaru in this game, and I come to find out, yeah, the whole thing is because of aliens. Ancient history eats your heart out. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So, essentially, what, what Takamaru is going through here is there, there's the Murasami Castle. It's huge. It's gigantic. People love it. But it's attacked by aliens, and there, they, a giant statue is there called the Murasami, and it just becomes alive for some reason. The aliens decide to take control of some other nearby castles, so, as well as some daimyo, and they're using some powerful orbs. And uh, they're now summoning ninjas and evil creatures to attack the people. And then the shogun is just like, hey, Takamaru, I don't like this. I'm going to hire you to go save the world. And if you die, yeah. well, shit. It's, it's kind of James Bonding it undercover. Sure. <laughs> Sure. So, so Nakamura has to go through all four castles, defeat the four daimyo, destroy the orbs, blah, blah, blah. Then reaches Murasami Castle at the end. He fights the statue? Because that's a thing, I guess. And then when you destroy it, you know, he's able to go to the aliens and destroy all the aliens. How this game makes mm-hmm. any sense, I don't know. Sometimes I gotta wonder, Nintendo, what drugs are you guys on? Seriously. <laughs> what the hell? Especially Earthbound. What were you on? I yeah, don't know. Another, another fine alien story right there. Jesus. Sometimes um, Nintendo just blows my goddamn mind. But Takamaru, um, as far as like who he is as a character, we don't really know much. Because, you know, it's an mm-hmm. NES game. But he's a fairly typical samurai from what I'm aware of. He's got a katana he fights with. He can throw shurikens. Uh, he had a game, or like a mini-game up here at Nintendo Land that was based off this game. Where he's just like throw shurikens at a bunch of paper ninjas and then at some point there was a tank and I never got past the tank. I wasn't that yeah. good at it. 
Uh, he also made an appearance in one of the Samurai Warriors games, the third one, I believe, in where I think they actually have just like a remake of Mysterious Murasami Castle in Samurai Warriors 3. Right. Like essentially, you're yeah. playing through the game in that. It's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Pretty out That's of pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. so, which is, you know, so they can pull easily from that to see some of his fighting techniques. Uh, Samurai Wars is a hack-and-slash uh, game. Like, if you're familiar with the Nintendo-ized versions of Fire Emblem Heroes, Hyrule Warriors. Oh, Heroes, not Fire Emblem Warriors. Gosh darn it. Uh, there's <laughs> there's some Dragon Quest Warriors games. Uh, Persona 5 Scramble. It's all Those all work the same way. And Takamaru is in one of those. Right. I don't know much else on how exactly he would fight, because he's pretty much just, he's a samurai. He's got a katana, he's got shurikens, that's it's what he does. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if he has any magic, I, have you have you played Mysterious Mursami Castle at all? I have, but I haven't beat it, because it's one of those games um, that's very similar in structure to more of the... Uh, Twitch-style action games now where you're really having to use your reflexes wisely. Mm-hmm. It's hectic. Um, but I have done my research on, on him as well, and I know that he has access to essentially... There, there's a there's a game in Japan Apparently um, he has fireballs Ch- and windmill swords. Right, there are windmill, windmill swords as well, and the fireballs... Uh, fireballs come in the form of a uh, will-o'-wisp too, so that makes it a little more interesting. Um, there are also there's a game in Japan called Shogi. It's a board game. Oh yes. Um, similar to you know chess in a way that there's rooks and bishops and kings. Um, so he's able to influence his move set by having a depending on the Shogi piece at play. So he's able to say, throw the Will-O-Wisp, or throw the Windmill Swords, or throw the Shuriken in kind of a all-around pattern with four separate ones surrounding each other, or he can arc them in a certain direction, or uh, he can throw them forward uh, in rapid fashion, depending on if he has a Rook, Bishop, or King Shogi piece uh, on his person. So I can see that potentially being an extra skill or a down special or just some sort of gimmick accommodating his character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I've also, like, uh, he's also kind of a very traditional samurai fighter, which in itself makes him unique in Smash, because while he could be described as fairly generic outside of it, we also just don't have a character who fills the niche. We don't, and it's really it's surprising, honestly. There's several is. options that they could go with, and we just don't have mm-hmm. any of them. I'm shocked. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have characters that are supposedly fencers. We have characters that play a lot like knights, big big sword-style fighters uh, who are like brawlers like Ike or Cloud or, or Ganondorf, but we do not have a character like that, which is a you know, very different kind of fighter, like Lin who draws and sweeps her blade, her katana, at the uh, at a moment's notice to be a precise swordswoman. It's uh, translated easily into the way Takamura fights as well, in a kind of a strike-and-counter samurai moveset. So that's interesting to me. 
I agree. Yeah. It, it's, and then, uh, between yeah. the two of them, there's also Samurai Goro, and who knows how many third-party Samurai Beast characters there are. It's like, you, even though he doesn't have a whole lot to him that we can see in his game, or in, even if Sakura doesn't want to pull too much from Samurai Warriors, you can mm-hmm. still just look at, one, how traditional Samurai's, their fighting style in real life and how they move, but also how these other Samurai-like characters work in other video games and just pull some inspiration from there. It wouldn't be the first time the character gets moves that they never showed in their games. Yeah, Zelda, speaking of Earthbound. Ganondorf. Earthbound mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. The, the list goes on. Robin with his down special. Pikachu with Skull Bash. Yeah. Jigglypuff and Puff Up. What the mm-hmm. fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. why? There's also Incineroar's side special, but at least that makes aesthetic sense. I mean, by that token, Puff-Up makes sense. <laughs> it does not, by the way. Puff-Up does not make sense. No, no, but I dream about it sometimes. I wish it would be replaced by Hyper Voice. If you, if you still want to have Jigglypuff be jumped up the Gigantic, I'm going on tangent here, but I don't care. If you still want to do that part, <laughs> fine. Fine. Just change the name mm-hmm. of the move to Hyper Voice, because Jigglypuff screams at the end. And then I would not bitch about it. Mostly. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it, it annoys me. It, it annoys me the most with the Pokemon characters. It really does. It's like, this isn't a Pokemon move. What the fuck? No. Because it's not like there's a lack of inspiration to pull from for Pokemon. There's exactly. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of moves. Yeah. So, nice. Nice. But, um, so yeah, with, with Takamaru, though, I could see him being a fighter that's very, uh, distinct in the sense that he you fight him and he is resorting to using his sword and sheathing it and unsheathing it in the samurai style a uh, very perhaps dodge and counter based character at heart with uh, with the focus on releasing quick strikes of his blade before resheathing it um, he'd be a very lithe character I would imagine uh, quick on his toes because oh, yeah. like, like Murasami Castle that's a very Again, action-oriented, fast-paced game. He would be comparable uh, to Marth, probably. I would, I would think so too. Um, and honestly, there's, there's no, like, uh, remiss in looking towards samurai and traditional media. Uh, you know, Samurai Seven, even Ghost of Tsushima coming out soon, uh, to draw inspiration just from the general samurai aesthetic. So there's that. Um, I guess we could also probably talk about Saki. <laughs> there's also Sushi Striker. From Sushi Striker. Also true. That would be <laughs> that would be utterly bizarre, and that's probably exactly why Sakurai would go for that. He would not. No, he wouldn't. He would the go best for we're getting is a Musashi assist trophy, which I would. And I'd be okay with it. Yeah, and that's on Smash Topia too, is it not? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, he was mentioned in our assist trophy extravaganza, though. Right, that's where it came from. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, on the other hand, Saki, it's interesting. They're both characters who you're going to have to be a little liberal with how you pull for the character because they're both fairly standard at their base. Uh, because Saki has his Dolphin Blade slash Cannon Sword, depending on what game you're playing, or Gun Sword, whatever. Like, it's called different things for some reason. Uh, but I would go with the Dolphin Sword myself. Um... He's a fairly standard fighter. He, it's it, it's an on rail shooter at heart, 
So you get your up upgrades with the gun blasts, but they're not plentiful. You know, you like uh, you're able to charge a blast. You're able to shoot more rapid fire, and that's generally about it. Mm -hmm. You do have to. So like uh, just thinking here, he would he would be a utilitarian character. Like back when I was thinking about how he'd play in Brawl too, um, when the character base was much smaller than it is in Ultimate, and you would be more easily able to get away with a moveset like this. I was like, oh, so he's basically a cross between Mark and Fox. And it's generally the same to this day. Um, he can deflect with his gun sword as well, which is kind of cool. Like, I would imagine something more like the mean sword fighter move where you just swiftly strike and then you're able to deflect a projectile. Oh, yes, okay. That could be... Yeah, that well, could be like something kind of he spins has. around. There's this like rainbowy effect. Yeah, which which makes sense a lot more to me, like with the uh, painter outfits, like the Bob Rosses or the Vinces of the world. Right. But uh, yeah, so like that, and then he can also shoot a jet of flames from his gun, which from his gun sword, which I would imagine would be an easy up special, if not just something more akin to swiftly riding the gun up into the air and and doing some sort of move when he hits his apex, which is easy to do. Right. Um, I guess something interesting about Saki, too, is the reticle lock, because, again, it's an on-rail suitor. There's a reticle available at all times. You have the option to lock onto opponents. That's one of two styles you can do. Uh, just locking on, attacking one at a time, or having a free-range reticle. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you would translate that mechanic into Smash, but if he could, it would add something more unique for him. I mean, I, I got two ideas for you right now on how that can work. Okay. First of all, we seal that move away from Palutena. Auto reticle. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. it already exists. It's right there. And then she can get one of her other moves that she had in Smash Four. Alternatively, make it be either a down special or a uh, an extra skill. If an opponent is within range, uh, a reticle goes goes on them. It's a small icon will appear next to their percentage. Just to kind of show as an easy indicator, hey, this is who you currently have targeted. And then there would be like maybe a certain move or two that he'll use that if nobody is reticle, like let, let's say it's like a um, a guided missile or some sort. I don't I don't know what he I don't know what all of his weapons have if, if he has more than just the gun, the sword, or not. But let's let's just say he has some kind of a guided missile or whatever. He fires it, and it will just go in a, a normal straight line if nobody is reticled. But if somebody is being targeted. It'll just go towards them. Yeah. And they could be across the map. They could be behind you, and it'll just go towards them. Well, you can still be doing whatever you're normally doing, fighting whoever else. Yeah, that could that could work, and that would be a that would be a unique take on the move that I don't think anyone would object to in the sin and punishment purist world either, quite. So, uh, yeah, those are those are two good options to make him a little more unique. Um, other than that. I, I think this is probably the like the de facto route people would take Saki with his Final Smash 2. Uh, it's pretty obvious because at a certain point he he can mutate into a ruffian. See, I, uh, I was just reading about yeah. that. I was going to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. He, he essentially looks like some sort of weird hybrid Gundam in his ruffian form. Um, so that could potentially be an extra skill or something. Obvi it's an obvious Final Smash. It, it sounds um, like a Final Smash. Yeah, like, he has all of his same general ideas, but he is in this form where he's much more 
he's much stronger and more akin to being invulnerable than not. Mm-hmm. Um, he's bigger, faster, and stronger too, essentially. So, and he's the first member of the Savior Group crew. You know, so, you, you said first member, and I immediately went to DK, to DK rap. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Like it wasn't even a hesitation. I was about to I was about to say of the DK crew, and then you kept going. I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yes, of the DK crew too. Um, so yeah, Final Smash, and I assume that would be like a cinematic, where he becomes a ruffian, he smacks you, and then just unloads all of his weaponry on you, and then you go back. Okay. Blammo! Explosion time. Yeah. Now, so, I, I do have yeah. a question for you about Saki. So, mm-hmm. the, the wiki page I'm looking at here does not give me much information. There, there's nothing about what he can actually do besides... I, I don't Actually, it doesn't even say that he has a gun. The gun. That's in his picture, but it doesn't tell me anything about it. All, all I'm getting is, oh, he has strange powers, and at some point he becomes a ruffian for reasons. So, besides, is there anything he has besides being turned into a ruffian or his gun sword thing that he can use to fight does he have any like i don't know other items or axes or whatever weird magic fireballs or shit honestly no not not really not a whole lot to choose from i'm sure that you can uh pull something from star successor and just apply it to his character Maybe you could even have the uh, lead characters from Sin and Punishment uh, be, I mean, from Sin and Punishment Star Successor be, you know, swapped out with Saki in the character select mm-hmm. or or be an Echo or something. Or you could pull a Simon and Richter and be like, oh, yes, they are Echoes of each other. Um, oh, I hate but... that. <laughs> It was interesting. Luckily, there were other Castlevania games. There's a multiplayer Castlevania game where um, they all, where Richter and Simon generally have the same moveset. So I like to just kind of think that that's where they're pulling from with that madness. Right. Um, I would have to rethink about about Star Successor though, because at the same time, I know that the lead characters, um, Isa and Kachi, also didn't really have much in terms of what's immediately available to them because it's really just oh they can slash with their sword they can shoot things they right. can deflect projectiles with their sword um and i know that the difference between ice and kachi was theoretical like the one was a lock-on and one was free range kind of like saki already has going for himself as an individual um saki can also roll how about that? I mean... Honestly, there's, really? there's... Yep. Honestly, there's not too much. I'm sure that I'm underselling it because it's been 13 years since I played the original Sin and Punishment. But, yeah. Just I mean, this is also sometimes head. what's difficult for us is we'll have characters that we want to talk about and we know a little bit of. But um, mm-hmm. we haven't played their games, or at least not in some time, and their wikis just don't have not, anything yeah. for us. Mm-hmm. 
But um, but yeah, from what I can remember playing, it's it's a fairly um, straightforward experience for for a shooter like this. Because if you think of other on rail shooters, like even uh, the two D games like Gradius. Yep. You have Vic Viper, and Vic Viper has a laundry list of seven or eight abilities available to it as a ship that you build up through the game. Sin and Punishment, I think because it was a 3D on-rail shooter, there was less that they wanted to pursue, or less that they could pursue, given that it was on fairly limited hardware, right. and they were working with so much more. Yeah. So, essentially, you have that general gameplay with Saki dodging and then slashing and shooting and that's generally it if you are going to be a little more stretched out I would say you can probably steal the lasers and the missiles from other enemies and be like oh yes using his ruffian powers he can <laughs> apply this to the dolphin gun which I mean you know this is the guy in the game series that was like let's give zero suit Samus rocket heals yeah, yeah, that so, was a thing. Yeah, so it wouldn't be that far out there to kind of like steal from other ruffians or steal from other enemies. But as far as what Saki has immediately available, and we kind of already laid it on the table. Which, given Takamaru's kind of in the same boat. Yeah, with, with that, I don't really think there's much more to discuss about them. Uh, I, 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 see, I see value in each of them being as much. I think they could both bring something new. Uh, Takamaru, yeah. first of all, being with, hey, you know what? We actually have a samurai. That's that's mm -hmm. fucking new. He may be generic in that sense, but it, still. And it'd be another nice uh, NES character to have in the game. Uh, yeah. And then Saki... Uh, honestly, the reticle thing is actually really interesting to me. If that could That's be made, I like. I would. Sak Sakurai's been in a thing ever since Smash Four. Where he loves. He he's going all in on the gimmicks. Almost every mm -hmm. character that's been added from Smash Four and Ultimate has had some kind of gimmick that's central to them. Some are a little bit more subtle right. than others, like Banjo Kazooie, but generally there's there's something there. Mm -hmm. And Saki's could easily just be that reticle, places it on somebody. Uh, I would say it. You know, it wears off at the time, and then he can have multiple moves that will target whoever that person is and he can be all fighting someone else and be hitting two people at once on two different areas of the map that'd be pretty interesting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree i agree then uh then for takamaro too there's just that benefit of having a samurai and if you're going to have a samurai he's pretty much it i mean i there's you know there's lynn from fire emblem but i think that she's also more of a uh, had like a like a slinkier character than Takamaru and would play in a different sense. Takamaru also just doesn't have a bow available to him or just many of the same criticals or powers that Lin has available right. to herself. Um, so they would still effectively fight in very different ways despite having the similar aesthetic background. Um, so there's that. And then there's also just, uh, I don't know, the Shogi pieces, I guess, introduce something interesting. Um, potentially, although Saki and the potential gimmick regard does have Takamaru beat, in my opinion. It's ultimately just you have two fighters that represent uh, fairly nondescript archetypes in the sci-fi and the kind of more historical fiction realm, 
both of which are very valid to be represented in Smash, both of which aren't really represented in Smash at all right now. Yeah. Uh, both of which have pretty good options to be represented in Smash in the future that aren't them, like uh, potentially another character from Sin and Punishment, like Isa, or uh, whoever the other character was from Star Successor that I can't remember off the top of my head. Or um, even Silux, if he actually does get a big role in Metroid Prime 4. Um, and then Takamaro has Lin, I guess Samurai Goro, maybe, but that seems so random at this point. He, um, he Well, yeah. you could say that Lin and Takamaro would have some similarities. Samurai Goro would be a completely different style. He's more of a wild samurai. He, he has no calm and composed nature to it, the way he moves and attacks. Lin and Takamaro, I, I could absolutely feel like you could make them be different. I'm, I already have some ideas in my head on how it can be done. But they would be a lot more comparable to each other than Samurai Goro is to either of them. That's true. That's true. Um, in that case, it's really just a kind of a two-and-two two sort of thing. Um, yeah, we've kind of hit the end of our rope with these with these characters, I think, as far as the discourse on their different moves goes. I agree. So it's really just what do we prefer between these two characters who are inexplicably more tied together with their with their backgrounds representing two different Japanese eras per se than initially surmised. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So where 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 are you feeling on this? Do you feel strongly either which way yet? I I'm feeling a little conflicted because aesthetically I vastly prefer Takamaru. Like the idea of having a samurai is just more of my personal thing. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a character that I would be more interested in playing as. Uh, but Saki also threw a curveball in there with us talking about the potential for the reticle focused extra skill. So that's where I'm kind of standing right now. How about you? So here's kind of where I'm thinking with this. I, I feel like both characters with what we discussed so far are on similar playing field. Uh, they're both older characters. They both honestly have low chances of getting in Smash in reality. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they both have the potential for melee and for range. Mm -hmm. uh, one, I think, has potential to be more unique, just comparing themselves between the whole cast and what they can do with the reticle for Saki. While Takamaro is more of, hey, here's this archetype that we don't have yet. So there's, right. there's several pluses in each of the categories. I mean, I feel like they're both still fairly even. Uh, I It could go either way. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, if they're both going to be fairly similar gameplay-wise, as we assume, for the most part, it's more about... Which just which character themselves I would rather see. Right. And I think I'm gonna say I think I wanna go talk tomorrow. Yeah, you know, at this I, I I agree with you on that. I, I'm gonna go talk tomorrow as well, and that's just uh that's just my personal preference. And I think it's also just because it's felt like over the past decade there's been minor efforts to resurrect Takamaru and Murasami Castle that just haven't come to fruition yet. Yeah. Uh, with the Samurai Warriors 3, with the N Nintendo Land, with him becoming an assist trophy, with the 
I think he has a mildly higher fanfare than Saki as well at this point for getting into Smash. Um, and so all of that's come together to just kind of build, and I don't know if it's artificial or not, this hype for me with the character. Um, so personally, I'm more invested in him than, than Saki, even though the reticle introduces something a little more unique. I mean, right. Takamaru has extra projectiles going for him too, and so it's it's not like he's a character that you wouldn't be able to shake something at. Uh, yeah. So, I'll go Takamaru, if only for even the hope of having uh, game resurrection in the future, because there's so many places you can take some wacky premise like that. You can go you can go wackier, you can go serious, you can make it an action-based game uh, like Ghost of Tsushima, you can make it an action platformer that's more lighthearted. There's so many directions to take it. And I think if you have someone like Sakurai who is who resurrected Kid Icarus so well, uh, manning the helm on that per se, that would be good no matter what. I agree. I was, I was actually about to mention that is Sakurai brought back Kid Icarus, which at that point had only had two games, the second game of which people tend to forget exists. And it was just a really old and I would say fairly difficult NES uh, vertically yeah. scrolling platformer. And it, he turned it into an on like a half on rail shooter half not on rails ground shooter i don't know how to describe that part of it but it turned <laughs> out fucking fantastic people love the characters in it it's it's chapter based story it's got one of the best difficulty uh management settings of any game out there i think with it how with the cauldron and whatnot it's it, yeah. it was just an amazing game and i would love to see what sakura could do revitalizing other older titles that people still talk about or perhaps they'll just want to see, hey, you remember this? No? Well, now you will. Right, right. So that's, I guess, that's kind of where we lie. We are, we are in agreement, and Takamara's moving on. All right. Uh, wow, that reminded me that we had a matchup in our previous Master Dash that was not so clear-cut. I was about to bring and that guess, up. Yeah, should we save it for the end? I think or... we should go ahead and uh, take this interim phase to so go ahead and talk about that. So, okay. so in our last yeah. Smasher Dash, we discussed some third-party characters, but what we're really caring about is the indie characters that we discussed, Shantae and Shovel Knight. I argued for Shantae, you argued for Shovel Knight, and uh, we st remained divided by the end of the episode. So we turn to mm -hmm. you, our viewers. Who should it be? Is Shantae added to Smash? Or was it Shovel Knight? And we well, have a broken tie. Shano. Who's being added into Smash? And who is getting dashed? Well, not only is this individual celebrating the recent release of a critically acclaimed new title in their series, <gasps> also, she's getting added into Smash. So, Shantae won the Smasher Dash in a vote of four to three so narrowly beating her opponent shovel knight all right shantae has been smashed summarily you four made the so. right decision <laughs> yeah shall we call out the losers no including me oh, okay yeah i'm totally cool with shantae being added into smash uh, and honestly, I think that she does have much more at her disposal than Shovel Knight. It was sheer 
bias on my on my end. I think that it's just uh, a series that go toe to toe. Although Shantae has also been around longer, so kudos to her. I mean, they're they're the most argued for indie series in Smash, or at least they were. There, there might other other games like Hollow Knight have kind of been jumping up there in the conversation as well. But in like the Smash Four days, it was Shantae and Shovel Knight. Nobody talked about anyone else from the indie mm-hmm. scene. Yep. Very, very true. Uh, well, yeah, congratulations to Shantae, and we'll see you in Smash, I think. At least in our dreams. In our dreams. Our collective dreams, because you won. Yes. So, good for you. Um, and now that that's over with and that bitter battle is complete, we shall move forward with our second matchup for this Smasher Dash, which is Midna from Twilight Princess and Crystal from Star Fox, the critically acclaimed Star Fox Adventures in a Sword. And Command. <laughs> she was in Command. <laughs> and I forgot, Com- I was trying to remember the name of Command, but yeah, Command. <laughs> Most people try not to remember Command. Funnily enough, it was not good. It, was it not- honestly just wasn't. It just wasn't. The mission-based structure was kind of interesting, but it was just executed it was ambitious, but executed poorly. The one thing that I can give them credit for is that it wasn't another Star Fox 64. True, but instead they gave us like eight different endings that you could get in the game, and there's no indication of, okay, so which one really happened? There's yeah, no bo- true ending. It's just like, oh yeah, here's eight different endings. Yeah. Oh, oh you don't but- like that Crystal becomes a bounty hunter in one of them and joins Star Wolf? You don't like that Fox and Falcon become F-Zero pilots in one of them? Too fucking bad. Because you'll never know which one is true. Spoiler alert. How about we just say the game itself isn't canon and we move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Also, the fog of war elements in that game were horrible. Those are a little too much sense for a space game. You have radar on no. your ships. Come on. Yeah, well, at least we had a great opponent. At least we had a great adversary in the form of the Anglar race, which was just fish people. <laughs> fish. Yeah, people. you know what? I liked this. I liked Assault though. I actually liked that quite a bit. Adventures was okay. Assault was a good time, game, but it was just weird. Yeah. People yeah. only didn't like Assault because they didn't like the ground combat. It's like I get it. It was a little clunky, but. Maybe if we don't trash the whole game, we could get improvements. Nope, no, you're going to trash the whole... Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. that's fine. And honestly, that multiplayer in Star Fox Assault... Ooh, holy moly. That was... That defined an era for me. That was good. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, we should uh, actually get into the characters. And Twilight Princess, what a great game. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll feel that a bone, too. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, Midna versus Crystal. Midna. Midna, Midna, Midna. Our favorite impish friend and our favorite character who stands at about three feet tall in the entire Zelda series. Unless you're a freak and love Tingle. Well, I'm a freak too, but I like Midna more. What about Makar? Yeah, I guess so. I wonder when Makar's going to get into Smash. What about Toon Link? He's like three feet tall. Is he or is he like four feet? I don't know, man, but he's short. He is. He is. Well, you, if we're going to get a Korok... Say, you could yeah. say he's just a little bit minish. 
<laughs> also true. Um, if we're going to get a Korok in, I would like Hestu at this point. Just I mean, yeah. Imagine, imagine what his final smash could be. Like, you can loop it into that end game reward. It, it's just the dance. And then weapons <laughs> fall from the sky. There you go. Kind, kind of okay. like PK Starstorm, except it's swords and shit. <laughs> I would like that. But, um, yeah, so Midna, who is from a game that doesn't have Hestu, unfortunately, but is from Twilight Princess, which was kind of the kind of Nintendo's answer to the fan drama behind Wind Waker's reveal. Um, I would say because we've gotten into this darker aesthetic that we were semi-promised by that space war reveal of Link and Ganon fighting each other, and everybody was like, "Oh, we're gonna get like Ocarina of Time again," but then it was something totally different. This was more going into what. Zelda fans at the time were driven for. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, wasn't as well regarded or received or critically appraised a game as Wind Waker in the end. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, that's the funny thing about that kind of graphical style. The more dark and gritty or realistic graphics you're trying to go for, the less likely that they're going to hold up to the, step, to the test of time. The more cartoony, yeah. like Wind Waker or... Um, Mario Galaxy? Oh, God. Yeah. That, those Okami. stand up to us time. Mm hmm. Yeah. What, what, Absolutely. What your realistic graphics were in 2010 are going to look shit in 2020. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, Wario Land Shake It versus Wario World. That, yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, but you know, Twilight Princess, regardless, the, 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 the whole realm of Twilight that they enveloped us in. Uh, was better than the Twilight books and movies themselves. Which, I mean, that's not it, a high it bar. A, it was just a time for Twilight back then. Uh-huh. Amazing. But so Midna is uh, is one of the Twilight race, and she hails from the Twilight realm. Incredible. Um, her identity is fairly vague throughout most of the game, but she is essentially your call to a a navi type character in this title um although obviously far less annoying and and kind of a better built character overall (laughs) so link at a certain point early on in the game transforms into wolf link uh due to the just the uh influence of twilight taking over the light realm Mm-hmm. And when he's thrown into a dungeon in Hyrule Castle, that's where he meets Midna, who is also one of the pr- prisoners. And Midna hops on Wolflink's back. They escape Hyrule Castle together, enter the Light Realm again, and that's kind of just the start of their adventure. And for most of that adventure, she is in her cursed imp form that uh, is, you know, the three-foot-tall uh, little thing that is able to influence Twilight magic and also has a gigantic arm that is made out of her hair. And it's weird. That shuts out of her head. So there's that. And, I mean, in the realm of Smash, I mean, getting it out of the way, she's absolutely going to be an inform. No no getting around that. Um, And then... I think the only thing that's up on the table is a, is the influence of Wolflink in the moveset. Does he ride Wolflink all the time? Does Wolflink appear for some attacks, or does Wolflink not appear at all? But uh, regardless, 
that just means there's a lot available to their moveset. Bada bing, bada boom. Indeed. So on the other side of the aisle, we have another character that came about. Well, actually, no, that was that's not true. I was about to say they came about in the GameCube era, and that's uh, completely false. Actually, they're from the N64 <laughs> area. Wow, my bad. But Crystal comes from uh, Star Fox Adventures, that was her first game. But the funny thing is, that game was not supposed to be a Star Fox game. Originally, mm-hmm. it was going to be Dinosaur Planet, and Crystal was going to be the leading role. She was going to have a, a secret brother or something in the game by the name of Saber. She was going to be more cat-like than uh, fox-like instead. And they really only just made her right. fox-like because, hey, look, we have a love companion for fox. Let's make her a fox. Because that makes sense. <laughs> Unlike some other franchises where it's like, hey, look, a fox and a rabbit. A hedgehog and we'll a human woman. We'll make them be romance. Like, no, can we not? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, boy. Z- Zootopia, why? <laughs> why? Really, why? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, so Crystal is the main character of Star Fox Adventures, or, well, she was. Until they made it a Star Fox team, they decided, you know what? You're now going to be the character they play for the first five minutes. And then you're going to give your weapon away to Fox, and he's going to be the new main character. Well, I hope you like being on the sideline and your debuting game. That was supposed to be your first, your your main game. So, yay for you. <laughs> so, essentially yeah. what this means is that um, in Dinosaur Planet, Crystal is a, she has telepathic power. She can speak dino talk, because apparently that's the language of dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. I love that. Terrible language name. But she also carried around with her a staff, which could have multiple abilities, such as firing out fire, uh, ice, camouflage, and whatnot. Fox ends up using it, but anything Fox can get do with the staff, it's pretty easy to assume Crystal can do that, too. Uh, beyond right. that game, she joined the main cast in Star Fox Assault. She pretty much took Peppy's place as the fourth main pilot of the team, and from there, I mean, anything that uh, Slippy, Fox, or Falcon can do either with their general weapons or their R-Wings, she can do too, so she's fairly capable in that regard. She has the exact same capabilities as those characters do in their already in Smash, so why the hell not? But generally speaking, most fans tend to say if Crystal gets in, she should use the staff, and she should have her appearance from Adventures, which I don't necessarily agree with. I think the costume is up for debate, but absolutely she needs to base her moveset around the staff. Right. Uh, the less said about Command, the better, but uh, she, she's still part of the team in most of Command. In some endings, she leaves the team. One ending, she changes her name to Curse because she's feeling angsty about shit. Uh, there's an ending where her and Fox have a kid named Marcus McCloud, and after the team gets disbanded, he makes a new team of like the next generation of Star Fox characters with Falco's kid and Slippy's kid. Actually, I don't remember if Falco has a kid in the Sydney, but Slippy has a kid in the Sydney, and it's like, why? Who? What? What? Why was Slippy? I don't know, but the, the less said about Command, the better, okay? Okay? Let's just move on, because I don't want to talk about it. It's weird. It's not a good game. Can we just stop? Let's forget it ever happened. Please. I don't want to talk oh. about it. Oh, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, what a what a great game that was. 
Um, she, she's also friends oh. with a dinosaur named Prince Tricky, and he's a Triceratops. Mm -hmm. Maybe Tricky could be involved in her moveset and just like follow her around from behind. I mean, and if anything, he's she's... her funnel smash, if anything. Yeah, but she, he can follow her around, and every time that she's playing, she would have to like take some time away to throw a ball to play with him or something. No. And when, when, uh, when an enemy approaches, he can be like, bad guy. No. That's a no. I veto. And probably also, you can also probably KO Tricky. And he'll go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That was just a that no. was just a bad gameplay mechanic. Let's just toss that one out of the way. Yeah, yeah, tricky. Um, mm, yeah, bad, mm -hmm. big bad. Although I I did enjoy visiting his adult self in the salt. That was an emotional moment. He's also it... he 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 reappears in a assault, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He does. He does. That's what I was saying. I I enjoyed visiting his adult form in assault. Oh, I didn't hear that very clearly then. So I, I have I'm look I have her stats information up now and the, the things that she can do with it is fire fire projectiles ice projectiles temporary flight boost she can create a disguise uh, based off of one of the dinosaur enemies in the game the sharp claws she can make ground quakes small force fields and open portal doors yeah that's something that happens use... so what you're saying is that crystal could potentially be an echo of shell no no. That that's no. Why would you think she could be an echo of Shell? First of all, they Shell's not even in Smash. No, no. Portal gun works different. Way different. Stop it. Can General Scales be an echo of Shell? No. General the Scales way that he doesn't get. Sick. Nobody wants him ever. Again. He's like oh oh. No. General Scales. You you stop this. You stop this right the fuck now. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's a pretty that's a pretty wide breadth of options available there for the staff, and I think the staff could also in itself be a unique gameplay style because it it presents kind of like a an aikido karate kind of way of fighting with a with a staff that we could finally get our full arm is, fighter. Yeah, it's ob it's just obviously something that's not present in Smash currently, so that offers a lot of freedoms to the character, even though it's just kind of fallen off over the years. I don't believe she's in Star Fox Zero. Star Fox Zero also sucks, so who cares? She is not um, in Star Fox Zero. Yeah, so she's kind of fallen off in recent years, but, but Sakurai also took the time to include her as an assist trophy in Ultimate, so there's still like some sort of recognized fan regard for her, so it's not like she's totally fallen off the wagon. Right. Um, yeah, pretty much the same with Midna, though. Like Midna was a recent addition to Smash as well. Her assist trophy is Fantastic fun, where she can well... burst around and slows people around with her hair. Let's 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 roll that back and say it's better than Skull Kid. It's better than Cap'n. It's better than Cap'n. Yeah, or maybe it's collectively better than Skull Kid and the Moon because the Moon is pretty cool. But we were kind of teased by that in yeah. Smash. We're like, oh, the Moon is there, and that and Skull Kid isn't. And then months later, Skull Kid was revealed as, as an assist too, and we're like, damn it. What? Um, but definitely, you know. So, Midna um, has less available to her canonically than Crystal, though I'm assuming with Twilight Magic, you also 
have a lot to your disposal that comes and goes in a sense that you can just embellish whatever you like with it. But but at the same time, I mean, um, from Twilight Princess itself, she can throw an energy ball of Twilight, pretty similar to say Shadow Ball. But you can make, you can make it function a little differently in the way that it's thrown, the way that it moves. So there's that. And it would be kind of interesting to see that thrown by her hair on her head. That I think, it, imagine a chargeable projectile like Shadow Ball or Samus' charge shot. But instead of firing in a straight line, you can choose what direction to send it because she's throwing it with her hair. That's true. That's and true. Now, and little, I would uh... say may, maybe you only get to change it if it's fully charged, perhaps, just to kind of mm -hmm. give us something there. But at that point, it's become omnidirectional. You don't that know where she's cool. going to hit you from. And she, you can do a little Twilight Princess tie-in, get that, uh, get that lock-on arrow cursor available to show off the direction. That would be that would be neat. And at the, I, and honestly, I kind of have always, personally myself, imagined Midna and Wolflink being a team. I just think that that offers a little more than had if we had had Midna on her own. I agree. Personally. Even if it's okay, not Wolflink himself, like if Sakurai feels weird about doing that, it would be weird since, you know, we already have multiple links and we have Krom appearing in multiple locations, so whatever. <laughs> but in um in Hyper Warriors, Minna is playable and she's just riding a regular Twilight Wolf. It's not Wolflink, it's just another wolf from the Twilight Realm. Or at least yeah. I think it's, it's either from the Twilight Realm or she's a regular wolf. I'm not entirely sure. But the point is, it doesn't have to be Wolflink if they feel skittish about that. Right, There's already a precedent right. set. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, you can possibly even make it so the the Twilight Wolf appears in certain costumes, even though that would be bizarre. Yeah. Just tossing it out there. Um, but yeah, because, because you don't really play as Midna in the game, so you'd really have to just stretch the imagination. It's not impossible by any stretch of, of the imagination, but... With Wolflink available, you have Wolflink's moveset, and you play through the game as Wolflink and not Midna. So, cool. You Midna helps, though. Like, she creates energy fields that um, you hold down the B button in Twilight Princess, um, and it's essentially the same as a spin attack, but you can move around and capture uh, opponents within a field of Twilight projected by Midna around Wolflink. And then any opponent that is within that circular area that stretches out around the two of them, uh, Wolflink dashes into them in uh, in routine fashion. Like, he hits the first opponent that was caught in the circle, then the second, then the third, then the fourth, and so on. Right. So that could be a cool down special uh, for sure. And then, say, the energy ball for any... Or it could be a neutral special. Uh, but the energy ball and that are two pretty decent ones... Uh, up special could be teleport. Yeah, could be teleport. It could be mid uh, jumping up a set distance and then Wolflink jumping after her, which is a mechanic in Twilight Princess. But I think teleport works better here. Um, it's just easier. Yeah. And you get that that Twilight portal action going on, which is a pretty cool looking thing. Um, but and then side special. Um, Midna could potentially like just hop over, have her head, uh, have herself appear over an opponent's head nearby, and then Wolflink can pounce towards them, which is kind of a thing in the game as well. Or she can, or it could be a option to use Twilight Magic in some sort of other way 
there's, there's a few things you can do. Um, just off the cuff, I can't quite think of it just yet. Uh, but the final smash is where it gets pretty interesting too, because I think the fan consensus is using the fused uh, shadows that you collect throughout Twilight Princess when you finally are able to fuse them all. Uh, big spoiler alert: This is how Midna kills Vance in the game. Hey. Where she wears, yep, where she wears the fused shadows on her head. Or I, I would rather say incapacitate because Zant dies a little later um, by self-infliction. Uh, she wears the fused shadow, which is that thing on her head, and you build it up during the game, and turns into a giant spider-like creature made out of twilight and just, like, obliterates people with uh, this energy that bursts out from her. So that could potentially be a final smash. Yeah, it, I mean, I would say it's in, a strong bet. You know that, or lift some kind of move of hers from uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, and you can go that route and if they're like feeling avoiding the spoilers, but Smash is a very, very spoiler-centric series. Like, look at Mecha Fiora. Look at... Uh, look at Zelda Sheik. Cheek. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So Zachary does not kinda... care about spoilers in Smash. He gives no shits. <laughs> No, he does not. No, he does not. Look at uh, Lucina and Krom, etc. Yeah. Oh, I'd say the Lucina one is a bit of a more minor example. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was pretty early on. Okay, well, uh, I think we've kind of made our pitches for the two characters. I well, or, uh, hold on. Want to talk more on Crystal? Hold, hold on a second. Let's, let's go back to Crystal here for a minute. I mentioned before how... Oh, you mean Curse? No. I mentioned before how she could use the staff from Assault. Not Assault, uh, Star Fox Adventures. But that's not all that she is capable of. Obviously, I mentioned, you know, she can pilot an armor wing as well, and she has all the different kinds of the same equipment that the rest of the Star Fox team can use. But in Assault, as we had previously mentioned, there is ground-based combat, there's even multiplayer where you can do ground-based combat as well as flying the armor wings. And there's quite a few different weapons that you can do in that that they could decide to also pull from to uh, mix up Crystal's moveset beyond just the staff if they desired. Or even to uh, maybe revitalize Fox, Falco, and Wolf's moveset just a little. So they're not all three the same? Granted, okay, yes, yeah. I know, I know, there's already are going to be arguments, but they're not, Wolf's not a clown. I get it. <laughs> but their special moves are all very similar, and they don't need to be. They don't need to be. But just looking at the different kinds of guns and weapons that they have in assault that they could all use from. There's the standard blasters, of course. There's a sniper rifle. There's a homing launcher. A Gatling gun, which is actually in Crystal's official artwork for the game. She's cradling mm -hmm. the Gatling gun, so I can imagine True. that would make sense for her. They have a machine gun, a missile launcher, plasma cannon, something called the demon launcher, which is, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a rocket launcher. Mm. So, that's a thing. I think it shoots out like a giant red arrow. It, sh it shoots a big old, big old projectile. Big old projectile. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long time since I played the game. It's only available in versus mode, so I don't entirely remember it. But it does have rocket homing rockets that can kill in one hit. So that's a thing. They've also got cluster bombs, grenades, uh, obviously the smart bomb, torpedoes, and other such things with that. But in the, um, they have a small booster pack, which can, you know, pretty much jet pack. Right. So, so they, they, she does have all those other tools at her disposal as well, which 
I would love for them to, you know, use to mix up the rest of the Star Fox crew's movesets so they're not so so similar. Like, why? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> De-clone the clones. Yes, do it. Do it. That's Keep not a clone. I know. <laughs> I'm aware he's technically not. Mm-hmm. He's a pseudo-clone. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, we, we talked about that. He's in the still very, very similar. The show. Yes. <laughs> people get bent out of shape over people calling characters clones that they don't think are clones. Whatever, right? I, I, I would personally be more upset if someone burnt my onion ring. I don't like onion rings. Exactly. So wouldn't you be more upset if I gave you an onion ring? Yes. Okay, maybe an onion ring should be playable what, in Smash. When I, when I make an order for food, and I put in the request, please no onion ring, and they give me an onion ring, I get upset. Is there a logical yeah. reason for me to be upset? Honestly, no. But God damn it! how hard is it to read just a few simple words that says, no onion ring, please, and then they throw an onion ring in there. It's like, I fucking, you're wasting your goddamn money. Does Quillex like onion rings? No. Okay, then well, I guess the onion ring's tossed out the window. Yes. I mean, nice. it goes in the trash, and then the trash gets thrown out the door, but yes. Yep, yep. Just imagine the Brave Little Toaster scenario that would happen if you actually threw the onion ring out the window, though. What if Brave Little Toaster was in Smash? Uh, absolutely has to have toast popping out of himself somewhere. Obviously. I mean, come on, he's a toaster. And I guess he would be like zip lining on his on his cord down some structures, like in the movie. Uh, maybe the dunk could be a stage. Why can't he use Blinky as a parachute? Blinky can be used as a parachute. Blinky's Damn got right. a heart of gold. <laughs> in fact, all of the characters from the movie could probably be incorporated in some way. Wouldn't be bad. The hardest one would probably be Radio. Yeah, that's true. Like I don't like he he could use his little another tangent here. He can use his little uh I don't remember the word his antenna as like a sword type thing. But why? I I could yeah. see you know zooming forwards on vacuum. This makes sense to me. Using Blinky as a parachute. This makes sense to me. Radio does not make sense to me. Radio could be some taunts. Like radio could appear and be like, "Looking good, toaster." I mean, he's a little bit more of an ass than that, but sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, cool. I didn't know that we were going to be talking about the Brave Little Toaster in Smash today, but I'm glad that we did. Um, back to back to Crystal and Min- Minta, though. <laughs> I kind of... I have a lean right now. And I don't know if you. Oh, do we're too, jumping into the through the we're jumping into the decision. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, yeah, I do like I like how Crystal is a. You're right. I hadn't even thought of this whole like I didn't make that connection, and I'm not quite sure why. Probably because the majority of the items and gameplay are in the multiplayer portion of Assault, but they're absolutely still on the table. And I do recall the artwork with her and the uh, Gatling gun back in the day. Um, between that and the staff available to her um you are not remiss in having a whole myriad myriad of things available to pursue with her character uh less so than less so than midna and wolf link although midna and wolf link come from the angle of 
Uh, you have a bipedal t character, technically, as well as a character who's kind of sort of a grappler with the whole hair situation. So, so there's definitely there's definitely pace for both. Um, in Zelda 2, I think there's more of an immediate need and desire for a Zelda character than a Star Fox character. So maybe that comes into play, at least with our biases. Uh, just because it's like, Sakurai, what did you do? You renovated all the characters, but you also didn't give us anything else. Yeah. And the, the Great Plateau Tower stage is stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, I might say it's the worst Zelda stage that's ever been in Smash. I agree. I would it, agree it's, with that. It's too small, and the tower, cool, you can break it. Sure, so we got rid of the Cave of Life, and then it comes back. It's like, okay. Yeah. What was the point of that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Terrible. It, 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 it took, like, a very infinitesimal portion of Breath of the Wild. Like, Breath of the Wild, that game, you see what the stage should have been in the background. Yeah. Like, it's... Just make it just be a touring tore. stage. Exactly. God damn it. Exactly. Really, I know, we, we kind of have... There's a lot of games where you can say, like, oh, this could just get a touring stage for it. It's like, yes. It's, it's what Stealthino Plaza got. It's what Skyloft got. It's what Garrick Mott's Monastery got. Though it could have been better. And sure, you could say, like, okay, we're kind of getting tired of these ones. But with something like Breath of the Wild, I feel like that's really the best option. Show off some of these yeah. amazing locales. You're not going to give us yeah. multiple stages from it in this one game, are you? No? Okay, then. Yeah, I think I think Breath of the Wild and Odyssey both could have benefited from having true touring stages and not just the little weird things we got. Right. I, I think, in all honesty, now that we're chasing this tangent, which this has kind of been the episode of tangents, it seems like, uh, I think what happened there with both Odyssey and Breath of the Wild is the games were not the games were still in development when Sakurai's putting his plans together for Smash Ultimate. They weren't released yet. He didn't get to see the full area, so he was only given small pieces that he could really look at. And the tower right. was is a very early spot that you go to on the plateau. Everybody, There's multiple similar ones all throughout the game. It's a very iconic location in Breath of the Wild. It's very recognizable. People are going to know it. If you play the game for 30 minutes, you know where the tower is. You may not know what the rest of the plateau is, so I guess there's that. And then uh, Mario Odyssey... What was the number one most hyped thing in all the Mario Odyssey trailers when that game was being shown off? The Metro the Kingdom. The Luncheon Kingdom. No, oh, yeah. uh, no. The, <laughs> the Metro Kingdom, Pauline singing, Jump Up Superstar. It, it made mm -hmm. sense to choose something with the Metro Kingdom, and if he only had limited um, exposure to the game and what they were planning for it, limited uh, art to look at, I, I understand why he would choose the City Hall. But, man, looking back on it now, knowing the, how the game released with it, it's like, that's disappointing. If they weren't just, like, only five new stages in Smash Ultimate, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal. The fact right. we only got right. five new stages, like, really? There's only... The, the best one is clearly Jack's Castle, mm -hmm. and then it's Mori Towers. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm forgetting a stage. Because I know there was a... Wasn't mm -hmm. there another one? I think there was. I would have to check. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, that's that's generally where we stand. Is yes, those two stages you mentioned are the best stages. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best new stages, rather. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, I just checked firstly, and no, there were not any of the stages you were missing. Oh, so there's only four new stages. Christ. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. annoyingly stupid. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, speaking of annoyingly stupid, maybe we can get more monologues out of me when we talk about Crystal and Midna a little more. Is there a... What are you? What are your thoughts about where we stand right now? Uh, between Midnight and Crystal. Okay, so both these characters were heavily equipped in the Brawl days. They both died off since then. Uh, mm-hmm. Crystal. The the main reasons to have Crystal is, hey, staff. That's what it is. I mean, you can see for each yeah. character uh, that either one of them would be another female character at this game, and it's true, but considering they're both female characters, we can't really say, oh, the point of having them is another female character. They're both, they both hit that qualified. So, right, Crystal right. really just boils down to her staff, and I also uh, have pulled up here, I had made a moveset for Crystal a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it completely uses her staff. She just uses the fire for her standard, the ice for her side, uh, a rocket boost type of attack. For her mm-hmm. up special, I kind of just pulled that one out of my ass. Uh, she does the ground quake for her down. Her spot smash is summoning Tricky to run forwards. <laughs> yep. yep. And nice. then her extra skill was using the Krizoa Spirits, which uh, oh, nice. can bump up her stats. Mm-hmm. So there's okay. that. It, it's, it's like a counter, and if she's hit during the counter, then she gets a stat boost. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Give it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. That, that's pretty much what she uh, has. Midna, I think with Midna you have, first of all, another Zelda character, which we are in dire need of. And I guess with Star Fox, indeed. you can also say we are in dire need of a character that doesn't just fight like Fox. Agreed, I was going to point that out too. Uh, and then also with yeah. Midna, we would have, assuming she's all, always riding on either Wolf Link or just a generic wolf, we have another quadruped fighter, of which we have exactly one right now. No, two right now. We have Duck Hunt and we have Ivysaur. So having Midna plus Wolf Link or whatever would be a boost that people want to see more non-humanoid fighting characters. And technically Midna is humanoid, but if she's fighting on Wolf Link, then she fits the quadruped angle of it. She's very popular as well. And she'd be able to just fight in a different way than what other characters do. Right, right. And as far as as far as critically acclaimed Zelda characters go, she's, she's pretty far up there on the list of who Zelda fans would want to see at this point. I really think that she's only trapped by Skull Kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so pretty powerful considering the Zelda franchise, for the most part, doesn't have recurring characters. There are some characters that use the same name. Like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure... Like, there's there's different Impas. Uh, right, There's yeah. very few recurring characters in Zelda, and that's kind of by design. Right, right. So to have one of those one-off characters be remaining popular all these years later that's something it is and as for crystal i think that her popularity has kind of waned over the years but there's a certain standard about her character that will remain evergreen because as they say on the internet and as they've said on the internet for 15 years everybody loves a staff user when it's crystal what Every everyone everyone wants to pursue the art of staff work when it's crystal. 
like okay fighting with a staff they really appreciate that that's something that she does and that's what they like about her character true mm -hmm. i feel like you were going somewhere yep. with that and i wasn't quite following yep oh that's wh that's where i was going it's it's cool that she uses a staff right mm -hmm. okay just mm -hmm. like Jandanity. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, Paula Danny uses a staff, but not in a very uh, forthright way. Nah, it's only so, for a couple of attacks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so the so the real estate is still there to claim, per se. And uh, again, she does have a plethora of moves at her disposal, using the elemental elements of the staff as well as potentially tools from assault. So, um, you know, from that level, there's much to consider with her against Midna, who is primarily more geared toward, less towards what you can do with the moveset and more towards what you can do with the design of the character, because having a quadruped fighter uh, along with certain elements like her hair make it a unique experience unto itself. Right. Right. So I think that we've kind of come to the point where we can draw our conclusions on this. How about you? Yeah, I, I would say so. I can't really think of anything else to really mention on either character. Mm -hmm. And I, I, kinda, I have my idea on who I feel like I would rather have over the other. I, I think both are great options, and I would not be opposed to having both, which has kind of been kind of been a theme for most of these Smasher Dashes. Where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we'd love to have both of these characters, but the whole point of the game is you could only have one. And we yeah. just figure out who who we'd rather have. Yeah, and it's not it's it's who's getting smashed and who's getting dashed and the T Rex from that dinosaur game is not on the list today. Aw, poor T Rex from Mario Odyssey. I know, I know. He's so cute. I was thinking that's Jurassic Park. Him. Yeah. Well that's a that's a licensed property and that that's a that's a fourth party character, so it's one of these days when we have a fourth party episode, which is clearly gonna happen. Clearly. What if Mickey Mouse were... Okay. So, I shall place forward a vote. Go for it. And that vote is for... Shall we count down together? Or you can Three, just say it. Two. One. Go. 71. Jesus Christ. 84. <sighs> D1. Who they call... Get on with it! Andem. Andem is the name backwards. Midna. Alright, so, so you're going out, with Midna. I'm trying to figure out the name backwards. Yeah. What you, you took too long. Let me just put it that yep. way. Yep. You, you, took, you <laughs> took damn well too long. And I'm not using this time to stall and try and think of what my vote is going to be. That's very much a false statement and nobody should believe that. Because the truth is, I already know who I'm going to go with. And I had it before you started your weird little thing there. Okay. I am voting for the character. That one, I like better. And that two, mm -hmm. I think could be more fun in Smash. And three, their franchise needs it more. Midna. Controversial choice. I don't think that's true, but okay. It's a good thing that you followed suit. Well, you know, it's what I do. I wear suits. 
Yes, you do, and you look very dashing in them, too. That's not true. Well, they are very uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's uh, pretty pretty uncanny that we hit an episode where we actually agreed and aligned with both characters fairly easily. I mean, it's not the um, first time it's happened. No, it's not, and it's not going to be the last. It's just no. that having that one me- that memory of Shovel Knight and Shantae uh, being fresh in our minds. Uh, there you go. Kind of refreshing. It's to have a little bit of a more straightforward episode this time. At least for our viewers, so we don't have to ransack them into making another tiebreaker vote. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in closing, uh, two great choices. Congratulations, they were both the characters. Congratulations, Midna. You mm-hmm. made Smash and, congrat- and our dreams. And, con- and congratulations to Shante, too. Uh, yes. they're both they're both characters, Midna and Takamaru, that going into this, they were the ones that I wanted to choose just out of a forthright bias without giving it much thinking, so I'm happy with the result. Cheers. Alright. <laughs> so, John um, John yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. What's our next on topic episode? Our next on topic episode is going to be and don't mind me because i'm not stalling at all to check okay well i know what it is so i guess i'll just go oh yeah it was was actually teased yeah you said the thing it was teased not that long ago we're gonna be discussing are fourth parties inevitable in smash Mm -hmm. find out in our next on topic episode uh i i i kind of already have an answer for myself but we're gonna be talking it out and we'll see just where the hell that hellhole of an episode is going to go. Mr. Clean is going to be in it somehow. But what about Tony the Tiger? Tony the Tiger too. Captain <gasps> Crunch from that typing game. Tony Hawk? Tony Hawk, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, even even Reggie himself riding Mokujin. But what about the Reginator instead? Or the Reggie Fizemak. Oh, that's true. The Fizemak. That's, that's what true, it was. Yeah. I forgot the name. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be good just so we can have, like, play Reggie. Like, Claymation Reggie. Yes. As an ultimate costume. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. My body is ready for it. And we will see where that leads. But in the meantime, congratulations for the smashing and the dreams and the characters. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.